Welcome to the Pantheon Plus Rewind. What's up? Welcome to episode 92 of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Being the hardcore fans that we are of Pantheon Rise of the Fallen, we aim to bring you a bounty of news, views, and community goodness each and every week. This is an in-development MMORPG that has captured our hearts and minds, and if that sounds like you too, well, then you've come to the right place. This week, we give you the meeting minutes from VR's latest VIP developer roundtable. We ask, what makes us look for groups? And we check out some incredible community artwork, and we go lore-sploring in the Frail Age. This team meeting is penciled in for about an hour, so you'll find your agendas at your assigned place at the table. So take your seat, introduce yourself to your coworkers as me, Theric, and my hype killer co-host, Desrin, call this thing to order. Please enjoy this week's Rewind. You know, Desrin... <laughs> So first of all, before I get to what I want to say here, I did call you hype killer. <laughs> I know it's an inside joke that nobody else understands, but on Twitter, on Discord today, we were joking and you were being very hype killing. So I decided yeah. to call you out on that. Yeah, I deserved it. I deserve it. But what can I say? I just, I've, I'm, I'm so numb. <laughs> <laughs> You're numb to the world around you. Uh, well, I mean, you know, so am I usually actually, um, but I actually, I wanted to talk about, I wanted to mention something. We're, we're always looking for that, you know, high quality entertainment. And I have to tell you, I found something because, um, I, uh, my, my Amazon prime account, I was, you know, searching for stuff, something to watch. And, you know, I grew up in the nineties. That was like my, my twenties were in the nineties or whatever. And, uh, there was a show called the outer limits back then mm. completely had forgotten about it. I don't know if you're aware of this show, yeah, but, yeah. um, yeah, it's awesome. I think I was looking for like when the next season of black mirror is, and this is how I came across it actually, because it's very similar to like, it was, it was modeled on like the twilight zone of the sixties and the, um, the one in the eighties. And then, you know, it's like a predecessor to black mirror and it's actually all on Amazon prime. So I've been watching episodes of the outer limits. And the funny thing about this show is that, like I said, it's from the nineties. It's super nineties. <laughs> you, every episode is like its own little thing. And you get like these actors from like the various TV shows of the nineties, all guest starring and stuff. So there's like <laughs> Star Trek next generation actors in a lot of the episodes. There's sitcom people. And my wife, I joke with her and I tell her, I'm like, you'll never guess who the long lost star of the nineties was in today's episode. And then she laughs because she thinks that's pretty funny. So anyway, <laughs> I I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's, it's pretty fun to go back and watch a show that you'd completely forgotten about. But, uh, yeah, so I've been, I've been nostalgia, nostalgia up on the nineties, uh, there. And, uh, <laughs> what have you been up to? <laughs> I mean, you, you, I would say I've been doing a lot of Elden Ring, um, cause mm-hmm. obviously, but, uh, I, I've actually been kind of like busy, uh, the last few days and, um, it's, but it is funny you mentioned nineties. Now, now you have me thinking about nineties and, uh, like one of my guilty pleasures, and I'll just say this straight up cause I'm not ashamed at all. And uh, any anyone can fight me on this. I am a massive fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And <laughs> nice. whenever I need my 90s fix, that's like my go-to. I don't know yeah. why. I know that's... <laughs> no, you know, you're not alone. There's a ton of Buffy fans out there. I'm not one of them. Like, I, I, I'm aware of <laughs> Buffy's, you know, cultural phenomenon that was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, it was never my show, but yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's like hardcore 90s nostalgia <laughs> it's, there. It's really great. It's really great. 
That's fun. And, and you know, some of these shows, they're, they're all on like these services now, right? So you can go back and watch them. It's pretty cool. So yeah. Yeah. So speaking of familiar faces <laughs> from past shows, let's, <laughs> let's introduce our adventuring party for the week. As always, we have Shuriken on the Dwarf Cleric. We have Ziplocks on the Dark Rogue, Jason on the Scar Beard Lord, Sparrow on the Elf Ranger, Bounty Code on the Human Wizard, Screech on the Scar Bard, Wiki Woo on the Human Enchanter, who, by the way, I confirmed he is very happy with my human enchanter ah. choice for him. So I was happy to hear that. <laughs> uh, Dimlos, Dimlos on the Dark Mer Cleric. Zergjerk on the Dwarf Rogue. Bitcrunch on the Ashen Elf Shaman. And Man of Rohan on the Ember Elf uh, Ember Elf Ranger. I almost said Shaman again. And as always, you know, thank you everyone for keeping the camp on lockdown with us here. Your support is awesome no matter what form it takes. Uh, if you want to hit the super chat button during the premiere or check out the Patreon that's linked in the description, that's other ways to support the show as well. Um, this is an awesome community and it's uh, just a great time every week when we get together. So uh, we will all one day be chilling in Terminus together. I can guarantee you that much. But, um, you know, having said all that, Desiree, shall we call this meeting to order? Let's just get to it. This week in Visionary Realms News and Notes. All right, let's take a look at the upcoming events in March hosted by VR. They posted the calendar for uh, their uh, March schedule this week. And uh, hey, look, um, you know, we've got part two of the HDRP pipeline stream coming. We've been... Looking forward to this one for a long time, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you'll recall that um, part one of this uh, this stream, this HDRP pipeline demonstration came out in October of 2021. Uh, it featured their lead programmer, Kyle Olson, and senior programmer, Rob Crane. And this is where they showed off the uh, HDRP, uh, how it works. Um, at the time, I went back and watched this because I wanted to re- sort of reacquaint myself with what was said. There's a there's a pretty cool phrase that Joppa said. He said this is a very significant milestone and um, for them at the time to be able to show that off. And then he said when we, you know, when they do part two, here's the quote. He said, it'll be focused on the beautification and looking at more of the product of everything from a more finished release ready state. Um, so, you know, when you're watching this this uh, upcoming dev stream next well next week so developer stream on the 10th of march um keep that in mind because uh like i said it's uh, we know what to expect and and i'm really hoping that um you know it lives up to those expectations that they've set themselves i have no reason to think it wouldn't but um absolutely something to look forward to so again that's march 10th 8 p.m eastern um the on their on pan on uh pantheon's twitch channel and of course we'll be live on pantheon plus you afterwards to uh, to talk about it and break it all down and all that kind of stuff um to help everyone out i've actually put the video running in the background if you're watching our show here on youtube uh, for this week so you can remember what was uh, talked about and what was seen more importantly i guess um like i said i went back and watched it myself and it helped refresh my memory and, and think of some questions and some discussion points you know for the next stream when it comes along I just have to say this, you know, we, we don't get enough of Rob Crane in the community. Uh. <laughs> he, yeah, he, uh, his instructional like approach is, um, it's got this friendly sort of tone, uh, very, very easy to watch, very easy to listen to. So, you know, Rob, you know, if you, uh, happen to catch the show, just remember, <laughs> you know, you may be humbly in the background, but Desert and I appreciate you, sir. So yeah. <laughs> Desert, and, uh, you know, this is the, this is a pretty big uh, stream for them, I think. Um, if there's one thing you're hoping to see out of this, uh, HDRP part two, what, what might that be? 
Um, you know, I, I would say just something representative of a, a finished art direction. Uh, I'll be like super honest here. I'm seeing like some of the recent streams when they're showing some of the assets and and their texturing is just looking really flat and like coloring is starting to be almost like cell shaded in the look and feel um, with some of the terrain stuff. And I mean, I haven't really talked about this much because on my end, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that it just has to do with them not getting the lighting and shaders and, and everything all like dialed in with HDRP because that's really when I saw the change. But uh, man, I, I'll admit, I'm actually a little anxious. Um, this, mm -hmm. this stream is like, it, it's, it's either going to resolve that anxiety or, you know, possibly amplify it. Uh, I, and I'm not expecting, you know, uh, a finished product, but again, you know, as they said, a, a, a more finished product. Uh, so I'm kind of looking for that direction and, uh, you know, looking at the monthly calendar, you know, sneak peek screenshot, I'm again, seeing that same like style. It just, it's just not quite hitting it for me, man. So I, I'm hoping that gets resolved for me, but mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, side. it's yeah. So, are you thinking of the 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 Galdasi ruins stream? I think that's the most recent visual video um, we have. Is that sort of where you're where you're coming the, from? The Galdasi stream, uh, pretty much everything that has included terrain uh, mm -hmm. with with like the uh, placeables, like the rocks and stuff, has been these almost like cell shaded assets, and it's just to me, it's a deviation of what the art direction was previously and again i'm hoping it's just a temporary thing but like i i'm almost feeling like there was an art direction change and i don't know if this is going to get confirmed or or hmm. or not but uh yeah I, I think most of the content we've seen uh since the hdrp stream has kind of triggered that little thing in me is saying like this looks different Hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I haven't noticed that myself. Um, I mean, um, I'm looking at the screenshot that they used for the calendar here and, you know, it, it pretty much it doesn't seem that different to me than what we've seen in the past. I mean, that looks like a gray box zone that, um, you know, PA testers might recognize, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say anything. Well, but. I mean, you know, this is, they put this out here now and, and it's like, you know, we've seen this um, area, this it's bridge. Very familiar architecture. We yeah. Say. I mean, this familiar architecture, we've seen this in other shots they've released and it's not like a big secret or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess beautification is the key word because that is sort of what was, what Joppa had said about this. And, you know, uh, you yeah, know, cell shaded is an interesting term. Uh, you know, that's a very distinct art style when you're talking about, I mean, I don't think it's that, not that extreme, but um, it's more no. just representing that kind of flat texturing, flat and mm -hmm. colorful texturing. Uh, yeah. and yeah. I think when the Galdasi ruins, I, I I can see that a little bit in that video stream that they showed. Um, I don't think it was, um, I, I didn't see it as like a, a drop down or a change in any way. I just saw it as like the same, um, pretty much <laughs> from, um, uh, you know, like that, again, like that screenshot that they showed for the calendar here. So yeah, I mean, this is a, this is sort of a turning point for them in terms of, you know, this is what it's going to look like when we get in there with the, you know, this is the HDRP, the final sort of like, um, the final product, like they've said. So yeah. 
very important stream on March 10th coming Absolutely. up, I would say. Everybody should definitely be interested in checking that out. And we'll have lots of commentary about it. We'll have lots to talk about and break down. Oh, I'm too. sure the the uh, um, plus you is going to be hopping. If, if any yeah. of them are going to be hopping, it's, it's got to be this one. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot riding on this one. So um, yeah, and then um, on the, the week after that, on March 17th, comes the monthly newsletter. And that's always got the roadmap to alpha that we uh, rely on. But um, I want to step go back a second because we, we sort of skipped over the February Dev Roundtable, um, which came out on uh, just this uh, Friday on uh, March 4th. Um, <clears throat> so this was, uh, this was kind of a different one with a couple people that um, I don't know if we've ever heard from them on a Dev Roundtable before, but it was uh, Gina Rochelle and Lynn Ashworth. They are from VR's HR department. And they were talking about HR and structure and practices and the philosophies of the company and that kind of thing. So it, it was kind of different. And I, I do feel like it gave us some good insight on the kind of company VR is. It was not really about like game development. You know, there wasn't any, you know, the stuff that, you know, gets us hot and heavy and, and talking about <laughs> this and that and the other and having these fiery debates. It wasn't that kind of a thing. It was more like, you know, here's who we are as a company, which yeah. again, we, we've said, you know, is, is legit and um, interesting um, because we're, we're fans of the company and we want the company to succeed. Um, there were a couple takeaway points that I, that I went through and, and I sort of boiled it down to the first one, um, was just interesting how they talked about how they've adapted to uh, the pandemic and, and remote work, remote work sort of becoming the norm. Um, because even before the pandemic VR was, VR was a different company and they did a lot of their work remotely. Um, they have talked about it before, how they didn't really have to transition that much when everything went uh, remote. Uh, it wasn't as difficult for them as it was for some other companies and didn't cause the disruption in their work that it caused for other companies. A lot of companies used the, the pandemic as a, you know, and this is, oh, we can't do this. We can't <laughs> deliver on this because it, I've never once heard VR say that, you know, have you oh, heard yeah. that? Uh, I, I think they've like alluded to, you know, certain challenges, but nothing, nothing is an excuse, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. certainly not at least on the same scale as maybe some other companies, um, yeah. because who are more, you know, physically located, centrally located, that kind of thing. You know, Gina did talk about having a central physical location would be, would be nice. It would be ideal. Um, but again, then they also pointed out there's benefits to working remotely as well. You know, like they've got people all around the world with, you know, several Australians on the team. So, um, <laughs> you know, they can, maybe they need to open an office in Australia. Australia and that's their central location. Who knows? But um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Another talking point that they came up with here in this uh, Dev Roundtable was um, something that we've talked about in the community, and that's how VR is planning on dealing with or uh, wants to deal with things like volunteered positions or unpaid uh, positions, interns, that kind of thing. You know, we, we've come from the days of you know, guides and, and EverQuest. And uh, there was something that's come up in the community because people want to contribute. You know, there's a lot of skilled people in this community that have um, expressed a desire to contribute to the game's development in some way through, a you know, just volunteering. Um, but they've consistently said, you know, like the times have definitely changed since those days in EverQuest and, you know, they can't really do that kind of thing anymore. Um, so I thought that was helpful for them to clarify. Yeah. Um, you know, that they can't, you know, Gina basically said that they have no plans for an intern or an apprenticeship program, um, like that, things that were done in EverQuest. Um, she, you know, she's talked to, um, or she said every person in VR has some kind of contract, basically, that's allowed them to survive these, like, you know, 
some of the lean times when, you know, their, their funds were, you know, when they were trying to make as every dollar go as far as it could. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so Desmond, I know you've, um, we've talked a lot about our gaming histories. Have you ever participated in any kind of like guide program or were you ever part of an official, you know, unpaid position with a, with an MMO? You know, uh, it's kind of sad to bring this up, but I actually had my application reviewed and approved for the, uh, Crimson Fellowship which was kind of like a guide program for Vanguard. Um, but I, I waited so long to apply because I, I was like you know, young and like really nervous. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the same week that I had gotten the email saying like, all right, let's take the next step uh, was when the, uh, uh, let's say turbulence with SOE <laughs> happened. And either the program was just like scrapped or like paused for a long time um, before I could actually do anything. And uh, if they did start it up later, I, I was already like, so out of the loop, you know, um, mm. but I, st I still have the email that I keep like filed <laughs> away, it, but it just, yeah, it makes me sad. <laughs> oh yeah. That, uh, that's a bummer, man. Jeez. Wow. I, yeah. I didn't know that. That's, I, I would be crushed. I would be crushed, I, but I would keep the email too. That's exactly what I would do. Like, <laughs> I was so close. Yeah, it's a little, little piece of nostalgia and stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, everything else I've helped with like uh, officially, so to speak, has been like non MMO projects. Like in uh, indie gaming, uh, right. with just through the grapevine, you know, little little helps, but um, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, nothing nothing like a unpaid guide program or anything like that. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I'd love to though. That'd be so cool. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I I would love to do something like that, and you know, I I think that um, you know, I'll probably just end up doing it in the game myself, regardless, <laughs> like not as Player an official. Events, yeah, yeah, just like as a player, right? Like. Um, we'll talk about this a little later in terms of our, you know, our goals when we play an MMO, but like, I, I, I need purpose, you know, like I need purpose and a, a program, like a guide program is just awesome. I, I regret it's an, another one of those MMO regrets I have that I never mm. put myself out there to, to be a part of something like that, because I think that those are really the, the people that, um, you know, are just the leaders of the community. They're the people that look that are looking to keep the game a healthy and keep the game population healthy and make it a good experience. So, um, yeah, no, it was interesting for them to talk about it, but it wasn't a surprise to hear them say that they can't really do things like this anymore. Um, yeah. so, but good, good to get clarity on that. Cause it does come up quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, another thing just in terms of their actual employee balance in terms of full-time versus part-time employees, I thought was kind of interesting. Um, you know, uh, Lynn said they, they do have more part-time than full-time employees, but they've grown, their full-time numbers have grown and it's actually starting to even out as they scale up their production. Um, Lynn talked about the new staff they've brought on and, and spoke pretty glowingly of their, their recent hires saying, you know, there were no red flags, just green flags for, for all the people. And of course, that raised the question with me, you know, did they look at Minus's resume very closely? Because I, I got to tell you, I mean, I got to figure there's some red flags on there somewhere. But, um, you know, of course, I'm kidding. I love Minus and, and he's a super solid hire for them. But uh, as long, you know, just as long as they don't have any company camping trips planned, you know, bears and all that stuff, they, they, they'll be okay, right? <laughs> so uh, just a couple fun notes at the end here, you know, just again, getting to know them as people. It was, it was kind of interesting to hear... Um, you know, apparently Gina's died in game more times than Ronick, which is shocking. And I don't know how that's possible. 
<laughs> but uh, he doesn't, I guess he's not the champ anymore when it comes to in-game deaths, testing deaths. Yeah. But, uh, so you can, don't worry, Ronick, we'll, we believe in you. You can get that title back, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then they kind of joked about what class they would play if they were each, you know, HR people in the game and, and or what they thought the best HR director would be the class. Um, you know, both Gina and Ben said the Enchantry because you're keeping things under control. You're sort of working, you know, keeping the, the crowds under control. Lynn had kind of, a, she said she'd either be a Dire Lord when she's the bad Lynn or the Shamunk, <laughs> which is a combination of the Shaman and Monk when she's the good Lynn. So I thought that was kind of funny. It, again, personalities come through in these things, right? Yeah, and this this duality really started to like come up more and more frequently. It's like, I, I loved it. <laughs> You yeah. go from like the scariest to like the the most zen, you know? The yeah, most right, exactly. <laughs> I think I think my HR person at my real job is definitely a dire lord. I'm sorry, <laughs> they're not they're not fun to deal with. I think they feel like they they drain the the, the life out of me, and they, my blood is seeping out of my skin oh, wow. at all times. Yeah, <laughs> I'll hence, have to refer them I'm to this here. podcast. Yeah, please, please, HR person, <laughs> if you listen to the rewind, then don't fire me. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. You're you're not a dire lord. Anyway, it's a fine list, and I, I highly recommend everybody go listen to this um, when it goes public March 4th. Um, and of course, the next one is coming up on March 25th. If you look at the calendar, uh, VIPs can join the Discord um, to catch that live, and otherwise, uh, it goes public a week later. Um, so that's the that's the news from that. I did want to touch the um, Pantheon Twitter account because they had a really fun question this week as actually from last week i think so sometimes we we fall behind a little bit but i wanted to make sure this one got a mention um this is the question they asked for community opinion they said do you set goals for your main character or do you fly by the seat of your pants when it comes to mmorpgs if so what are your some of your main goals and and why so like again it's an interesting question because I feel like the mindset you go into a game with really determines what kind of experience you you can have. And I'm going to give a very recent example of this. But before I do that, Desmond, I'll ask you first. (laughs) Do you you set goals in an MMO or do you just sort of go into it and take it as it comes? Oh, dude. Uh, my pants are flying. Uh, I like. (laughs) I I have so little direction in MMOs anymore. Uh, it, it's kind of ridiculous. I, I don't know where that turned around for me because because previously, while I I have been known to just kind of sit in keynotes and talk in OC chat, you know, probably more hours than actually playing. But <laughs> I used to at least have like certain things that I could work on for an extended amount of time, and and nowadays it's just kind of like you know the squirrel mentality, like just like, <laughs> well, it's. It's where the wind blows. It's, it's, it's where the, uh, where the wind takes you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, um, so I made a video that went up this week on, on Elden Ring and I showed off sort of what I've been doing in Elden Ring. And what I wanted to do was sort of like set a goal for myself. And this is exactly on point here because my goal was to sort of document all the flora the fauna in the early game you know just as you're starting out in that game so i wanted to do like a little guide you know like and what i realized when i was doing this was that having that goal like it's not a goal the game sets it's a goal i set for myself to to try and document everything as much as i could was really fun that was really fun yeah um and that's the kind of goal i like now there's goals i don't like which is like 
you know, to have a goal in, in an MMO, you have to actually like, I think you have to like look things up and like, you have to see what is down the road. So you yeah, can exactly. You have to know what is ahead in order yeah. to set your path. And I don't like to do that. You know, like I don't want to look stuff up. And I actually did. I experienced that a little bit when I was making my, my Elden Ring video, because I was like looking at the wiki to try and get some information about things. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I saw some other stuff. I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't seen that. Cause now I know that that's a thing. Right. So uh, I'd yep, rather discover yep. it. I've, and I'm, I'm the same, like I'm trying so hard not to, you know, spoil myself. And if I just open up YouTube, like you just see thumbnails and you're like, what? That's yes. a thing. And, and yes. it like, it, it kind of, I wouldn't say it ruins it, but, but yeah, it, it, it does make me kind of want to be like, oh, well now I kind of want to do this, even though I didn't even know about it, you know? Right. You like these goals get imposed on you because now you know something exists. Yeah. Whereas if you didn't know you, yeah, it's kind of like, it's really hard to, hard to separate those two things out. So, um, that's kind of why I was interested in this question so much, because I want to know what, how other people think about this. So let's start with the first one. This comes from Kate and Kate said, my main goal is always to make my character the best it can be, even if it means slowing down my leveling so I can finish all the main quests and gain benefits from them. I'm hoping I will be able to channel points into perception, maybe also to find and make the biggest bags I can. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen to the bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like somebody just needs to make an MMO called like bag quest or something. It's just the, the quest to make the biggest bag because that's everybody's goal. Um, <laughs> or at least obtain the biggest bag. In, in an the entire premise of the next like big MMO is bag making. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, no, I, it's, it's sort of interesting what they said about what Kate said about perception too, right? Hoping people to channel points into perception because we don't know how it's, you know, we don't know how you're going to develop your perception at this point. We don't know how that, the mm -hmm. mechanics of that yet. So if I had to set, because, you know, because we know a lot about Pantheon, obviously through our fandom, um, you know, I could see that being a goal for myself, you know, like I've said, I want to, you know, I want to go full on with perception. I want to become a keeper. So that'll probably be one of my goals too. Yeah. I, I actually uh, resonate with the first part of this. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say more, but th that's what stood out to me was like the make my character as the best it can be. Cause mm -hmm. uh, even though I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's like a, a specific goal, right? It's very uh, like open-ended, but mm -hmm. uh, I am very self-competitive. And so uh, when it comes to like learning a class in a game, I like, even if no one else is like holding me to a certain standard, like I want to, I guess, min-max ish as much as possible, mm -hmm. like within my own like knowledge, I guess. Right. Like I, I want to try to be as good as possible at my class, you know, sub other standards. <laughs> right. So, so right. I mean, you know, you have a high standard for your character. So, you know, but again, then, then it goes back to what we said earlier. Does, do you look at builds for that character type then? So you know how to do that, or do you just trust your own judgment to be able to do that on your own and set and like, how do you, how do you navigate your road to your goal? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. tricky, but uh, yeah, I get it. I get it for sure. Um, the next one's from JDP. Uh, they said, I explore the game and I see where it takes me until the end game. Then I set goals, usually to get all the achievements, to do all the raids, get the best gear, collect the collectibles, et cetera, et cetera. So what's interesting about this one is like um, they explore the game first, see where it takes them, then set goals, right? Like 
so they get to the end game, then they go back and set goals. And I think this is like, this really resonates with a lot of, you know, probably the Final Fantasy fourteen fans out there. Again, this mentality, like where MMOs have gone to end game is where the real game begins, right? Mm, then you start yeah. setting your goals because you don't have all the information up to that point. You don't have all the, you don't have all the tools to work with. You don't have all the, um, like the different mechanics maybe haven't opened up or different like systems in the game haven't opened up fully until you get to that point. So there you can set your goals, right? Yeah. I feel like this is probably one of the most common. uh, If there was a a big poll of like all MMO people, I feel like this is probably where most, a majority of people are. Um, But I, I still, it, it just, it rubs me a little like the wrong way. The whole, like I, I, you know, want to get, all the achievements, do all the raids, get the best gear, collect all the collectibles. And I know this is just a Twitter post, so this is nothing against JDP. But to me, I'm just like, oh yeah, checklisting. I love it. Gotta love checklisting. Yeah. I, like, I, it just, <laughs> it, it gets to me now, man. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I know that's how a lot of people operate um, in modern MMOs, uh, especially. But it, it just, I, I, I fight that, man, in, in myself. As much mm-hmm. as I'm 100% her, like, person that wants to find everything but i i don't like the idea of checklisting you know items for the sake of well i did that i did that i did that it's like i don't know it's just a (laughs) feeling yeah i mean i always ask myself what came first did 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 we enjoy doing that first or did the games set those up and now we enjoy doing them right like yeah were they set up because we enjoyed it or do we enjoy it because they set it up and, and we've been playing Lost Ark on Tuesday nights for classes one or for MMORPG 101. And I got to tell you, I don't know if you've been watching any of it or seen any of the gameplay, but the seeds in that game. So you go through all these areas. They always have like these little seeds scattered around. And there's this weird like obsession of finding them. It is, this, oh, it yeah. is the strangest thing. And I like I could see that being a goal for somebody. Be like in Lost Ark, I'm going to collect every single seed. I can't remember what they're called, the name yeah. of them, but... Um, but I'm, I'm sure that's things. tracked though too. Like there, I'm sure there's an achievement that's listed somewhere like in game mm-hmm. for that yeah. and that you can just kind of like compare and stuff. And to me, without going on a huge tangent, that, that whole UI element of, of having uh, a goal already set for you. And I, and this goes back to what you said about your Elden Ring experience is like now it, it, it basically makes the checklist for you. Uh, right. Instead right. of being like, I just have this compulsion <laughs> to collect these things. It's now like, oh, well, then I can get the achievement for it. And you might not like collecting those seeds at all, <laughs> but but it's, right. it's there to be had now. And I think that's what kind of uh, gets to me now. Yeah, no, that's totally that's totally fair. Uh, the next one's from Glothdrogan. And they said, I do basically what feels right at the time. Try to help folks along the way. Those folks get added to a friends list. I spent years doing old planar raids, hate, fear, sky, dragons, and epics for random people. I collect memories and friends over everything else. So that is like, that is like, (laughs) yeah, that's awesome, man. Like that's somebody that I want to be friends with in game. That's somebody that I would hang out with. Um, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like this outside the game goal, done within the game, which I think is awesome because, you know, are your goals, like I said, are they set by the game or do you make them yourself? And this is one of those, like, um, you know, only MMOs can can do this goal. No other type of game can can achieve that. If that's your goal, no other game can do that, right? So 
think that really is yeah. is applicable to Pantheon, and I think that's going to be something that um, can be very you know satisfying in Pantheon. Mm-hmm. The next one's from Ryan Skiba, and they said. If it's a great MMO, then yes, my goal is to absorb the story 100%, do the side quests, do a crafting specialization, at least a max, and take my time with it. So yeah, cool. Um, You know, story, 100% of the story is an interesting one, and um, that's not something that is, you know, um, ubiquitous across every single MMO, but it is more popular. Um, You know, I don't know. My goal to to complete the story of 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 a game Ah, but, I don't know, man. But I, he says completed, absorb the story. Okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's a good distinction. You're right. He does say absorb the story 100%, um, do the side quests. Um, when I finished the story part of Guild Wars 2, I, I do have to say ah. it was it was satisfying. Um, <laughs> it wasn't the greatest story ever told, not by any means, but there was something about it that felt um, felt like I'd, I'd met a goal, you know, because you are sort of working towards this thing and it's just, there's a nice cinematic moment at the end of that game, yeah, yeah. Um, which st- stands out in my mind. But um, yeah, what do you think about that one? I So there, there's two things I like about this. And one I already mentioned, uh, absorb the story 100%. Because to me, that is like, I'm, I'm getting invested in the world now. Uh, and that is what I hope people get for Pantheon, that they actually get interested in the story enough to absorb it and not let it brush off their shoulder you know uh and the other side of this that i love is the qualifier which is if it is a great mmo because (laughs) honestly dude uh all these mmos are just grabbing for your time to do really bad content and if if this was about doing all the side quests uh and you pass it through that qualifier if it's a good mmo like if the side quests are worth doing, if they are interesting, if they're actually something that engages me as a player, uh, and I I kind of want to pass all of my uh, desires for the game through that same filter. Is if it, if the game deserves my time like that, yeah, uh, and and so not true. not even saying like oh well like my time is so like precious and. You know, you, you need to make your game so that my, like, you know, one hour uh, a week can, you know, anyway, uh, uh, not mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's saying, like, if they put effort forward to make quality game, I will put effort forward to absorb quality game. And right. I love right. that mentality. And I, I think we really need to, like, stand on that in this industry because we're given so much but usually it's of so little quality, but we still feel compelled to complete the content because it's just, it's just like what we do now. We just, we just do it like mindlessly because it's something to do. Not even asking like, does this game even deserve me like <laughs> spending my time on this? Yeah. Yeah. Asking yourself, am I, am I having fun or am I just doing this because it's a thing that I have been set up to do? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, everybody's definition of a good MMO is a little different, but oh, yeah. a well-made MMO is is definitely not, you know, not quite as subjective. But, you know, it depends on how you def- how you define a great MMO. What's what makes that definition for you and it's different for different people. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I I think I like what you said. I agree with you. The, the absorbing the story, absorbing the world is is 
definitely, definitely part of it. And, uh, you know, that's not something I'm going to be shying away from. (laughs) (laughs) Now this next person is definitely thinking like you, because this is what generic, generic NPC name. This is their response. They said, my pants have wings. I never know what to expect. Most of the time I'm, I have found, I am fond of just jumping in with no knowledge and let the experience take me. So just like you said, love it. I always say like, let games come to you. Like don't force yourself upon a game. Don't like, don't go into it with like a, trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Like just at first, let it just unfold before you. Right. Like now I think that we get too much like, um, mentality overlay put onto these things sometimes and it sours the experience. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll put it this way because I, I don't know why I'm feeling a little feisty, but like, yeah, if, you are feeling feisty. I noticed that. If you, I like it though. I think I'm, I'm just fed up this week, honestly. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if you have to fix your game that you're playing, it's not worth it. <laughs> like it, mm-hmm. if you have to put forth extra effort to make the game work because the developer either neglected uh, a, a major part of it, I, I honestly feel like it doesn't deserve that chunk of your time uh obviously there's going to be some lack in in every title but if you're going into a game and in order to play it uh you know reasonably smoothly you have to add you know 20 mods or you have to like do all these out of game like research bits to actually have a good time uh i'm i'm thinking you're basically trying to fix the game and, and you really, you're really giving up your, your own time uh, a little too easily, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just sad that we've seen so much of that lately, you know, like we have seen, we've, we've become very attenuated to that, um, that experience, unfortunately. So I, again, and this goes right to what it, you know, Pantheon's, you know, they're trying, they want to get it right. They know they need to get it right. We cannot have that happen with Pantheon because it will just, you know, we've seen it so, so many times and too many times and they know it. We know it. We've got to be patient. It'll happen and it'll get, they'll get it right. Right. So yeah, for all those reasons, the last one comes from Fat Lou and Fat Lou says, I have not played a traditional fantasy MMO in ages, but looking back at EverQuest one, both gear and gameplay were level locked at different points along the path to max level. Uh, I, it led me to be gear for my current level and experience driven. So focused on a piece of gear, focused on, um, attaining something through an experience. That's a very much, um, you know, one of the things I've noticed in Elden Ring. And like I said earlier, when I was looking at wiki at the wiki to try and get a piece of information is that I, like I said, I would see something I'm like, Oh, I wish I'd seen it. But then again, it reminded me of EverQuest because there were a lot of things in EverQuest that you only heard about. I'd never seen a picture of, um, I don't know, you know, uh, a raid boss. Um, I've ne- I'd never seen a picture of Nagafin for a little while at least. And then that, but I'd heard about it. I'd heard, oh, there's this, there's this dragon and you know, if they drops this epic cloak of flames and all these things. And I'm like, wow. And when you hear <laughs> about things like that, that sets a goal, right? I love that kind of yeah. thing. That's the kind of thing that I can get behind when you don't even, you know, it exists, but you don't, you don't research it. You don't know every little piece of information about it. It's more vague. Maybe it's a rumor. Maybe it's like somebody's, you know, what is that line from like Ferris Bueller where it's like my cousin's best friend's sister's girlfriend's boyfriend heard, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I, I like that. 
So, so that's it for the Twitter questions. Um, uh, thanks to everybody for for responding with those ones. I'm, we're happy to uh, shout you out on the show here. And that's it for the VR news. Um, a couple of quick notes. I do want to make a quick mention here at, P- at Pantheon Plus. We uh, it's been a super fun week for us. Um, we've been doing the MMO March Madness. It's in full swing. If you don't know what this is, it's a mega bracket. It's putting all the biggest MMOs of all time up against each other to finally determine, you know, who's king of the hill for fun. Of course, it's in our discord, which is linked in the description. If you want to get in there and join in on the fun, it gets pretty feisty. We've had some pretty, some pretty fiery debates, you yep. included. There's, so the, I know there's a channel that's called smack talk. So like yes. you have to utilize that. Get in there, talk your smack, tell everybody why they're wrong, and especially tell Drac why he's rigged the whole system to get the ones he wants to win. <laughs> that is a common putting, theme. It is a common theme because people think that their teams or their game is rigged uh, set against. So, um, you know, just to give you a quick update and sort of let you know how things are going, we've had, you know, a couple people move on. So Lord of the Rings went up against ESO in the first bracket. Lord of the Rings Online took that bracket. So they're moving on. We've had, you know, Matrix go up against Eve. Eve won that one. The biggest one that we had, of course, EverQuest is a favorite here, went up against RuneScape, took the first bracket. And then right below it, Final Fantasy XI went up against Vanguard. Now, this was close. And <laughs> yeah. we were we were touch and go for a while, but Vanguard pulled through. I know Final Fantasy XI is a great game. No denying that. But yeah. my our, our, our beloved Vanguard is now up against the beast that is EverQuest. Yeah, so. it's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've put a picture of the bracket in the uh, video here. So you can all check it out. And again, it's so much fun. Just just jump in there. Desert, like, just lots of fun. Anything to say about the brackets here that you uh, you noticed? Dude, how, how the heck did Blade and Soul win over PTO? I just, y'all are killing yeah. me. Yeah. You're killing me, guys. I, that was the closest one we've had so far, actually. Yeah. Which was kind of funny. It came down to the wire on Tuesday night, and we were talking about it on stream um, because it was super tight. But yeah, um, and then Blade and Soul's uh, official Twitter account actually responded <laughs> yeah. to the to the tweet that we put out about it. So that was kind of funny. But so good for Blade and Soul to pull through. And now they're going to go up against either Project Gorgon or Terra, which is kind of an interesting matchup. So we'll one see. of those we'll is see an easy win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those is an easy anyway, win. Anyway, we'll, sorry. We'll this leave is it where that, it gets though. crazy, right? <laughs> right. We, we could spend an hour talking about this and I promise we won't do that. But it is so much fun. I just I want everybody to get in there because we're having a, having a blast with it. Um, for the schedule this week on Pantheon Plus, as always, Monday, we've got Crypt Fox streaming during the day. Drac will be streaming at midnight, playing EverQuest with his, with his pals. Tuesday, um, we are back for uh, MMORPGs 101, playing Lost Ark that night on Twitch. Um, I'm doing another lore exploring video. It was a little late this week. I'm hoping to get it up for Wednesday next week. No guarantees. Sparrow's streaming on uh, Twitch, doing Elder Scrolls Online, which she is uh, doing a great job with. And that's it for the calendar for this week. And it's also the week of VR news and notes. When the Pantheon community speaks, we listen. So let's dig into the forums and fan projects to see what the discussion's all about. All right, this week we're going to talk about groups uh, with Dikendu's recent thread on the official forums. Uh, now, this thread is titled Matthew Henson. And honestly, I, I wasn't <laughs> sure why. I, I had to look up the name. Um, and apparently, it's actually the name of an American explorer that spent some like 23 years exploring the Arctic. 
So huh, I guess I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was random. Turns out it wasn't. It was very smart to Kensu. <laughs> um, I so I guess that actually lines up with the premise um, pretty well, since Dikensu is presenting us with an idea that maybe groups don't have to just be for combat. So uh, from Dikensu, uh, says there's leveling groups, raid groups, and dungeon groups, and. Uh, Pantheon has strongly promoted a world designed for exploration and adventure. So Dikensu doesn't specifically say this, but I, I see the proposition like kind of like this. It's pretty simple. Let's have some sort of option to go LFG for just exploring, lore finding, or maybe just harvesting. Just kind of a free-form adventuring, not targeting a specific goal. And I actually didn't realize how relevant... <laughs> This was right. It lines up pretty well now. with what we talked about. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, Dikensu also brings up that like a lot of folks have expressed that they tend to solo because they like to explore and read text and and check each, each nook and cranny and and they just don't want to slow down their groupmates. And I I suppose that this would mean they could seek other like-minded individuals and promote a certain kind of social gameplay that doesn't exactly revolve around a combat goal um i think this ties in so well actually to what i've been mm -hmm. hearing about uh various guild members and people in the community playing elden ring and uh and what you've said right <laughs> yeah 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 it, it's in, it's interesting because we're sort of experiencing this a little bit right now um because elden ring is a game that has a multiplayer feature to it but it's it's very purposeful driven right it's yes. very much you you only bring people into your game when you have a specific thing to do like there is there is no there it doesn't have that mmo social side of it it's like i need you to help me kill this boss and then you're gone you know like yeah it's so purposeful so it's the it's sort of like on the other end of the spectrum which is which is part of this conversation right because yeah. like why why would i group with somebody when you know, when I, when I don't need to, and I'm not speaking for myself personally, I'm speaking from the general mindset. I think of people as like groups, groups are tools, groups are, are means to an end. Are, are they not, you know, like I think that's <laughs> part of this discussion. It, the question is what end, you know, uh, is yeah. it until the boss is dead and then you get booted back to your own world? Cause I mean, cause that's what Elden Ring does in case no one's familiar. But, uh, one thing that just all of us seem to just really be like longing for, especially the folks that are more focused on the exploration side of the game, which is super great. Like it's not just about getting your butt kicked for hours straight. Right. Uh, and we have a lot of people in the community that are like, man, if only we could just adventure together, like permanently, you know, like full co-op. And it's just, like I said, it's this longing uh, and mm -hmm. it ties yeah. it into Pantheon so much where, of course, you could you, you could say like, oh, LFG in chat or something like that. But I do love the idea of just ingraining it into the you know LFG system and saying like, this is what I'm looking for. I, th I think it is kind of in line with what they've said, but I just want to like reiterate this because I would love to join one or two other people in an area that are just trampsing around looking for hidden stuff, you know, just a social yeah. hangout. Well, I think that's, I think that's, you know, we do that in discord these days, you know, like when we're playing a game, whatever it is, whether it's Elden Ring, whether it's any other game, 
we're playing the game, but we're also chatting at the same time. Like, hey, I just found this. We're posting screenshots. Hey, I just found this, right? The So we want to, what you're saying is like, we should be doing that together in the game, right? And um, I just don't think games, games don't facilitate, like MMOs generally these days don't facilitate that. Um, there's no real, like, it's, so what you're, what we're trying to sort of do here is separate um, the incentive to group from just grouping for the sake of grouping. Like, is what you're doing, what you're describing more enjoyable as a group or is it more enjoyable as a solo person? It's, if you play MMOs, it should be more enjoyable as a group, right? There's single player games that are very enjoyable to explore and, and, you know, myself being a fan of those, but that's not why I play MMOs, right? Yeah. When, when I get into Pantheon, when the time comes, it's going to be amazing to be out looking around an area, but saying, Hey, you know, Desrin, you know, Crowsinger, anybody in the group, like in the group, come help, come check this yeah, out I with me. Found like, something. I found something like, come here, come here, come here. Or like, you yeah, know, yeah, trying yeah. to solve a perception like mystery together, you know, however right. that is manifested. But like, uh, that's how I see it is, Hey, I'm in this area. Uh, either I've heard something, some kind of lead, right. Or, or maybe just a free form kind of a thing, but just other people that are looking around, you kind of get together and you have a better chance of finding things, you know, like mm -hmm. e even groups that are like, Hey, uh, I want to go around in, I don't know, like thrown fast and join a few people to just climb stuff and see if we find anything. And, and, you know, if, if someone finds something now, we know there's something there or that it could be there. And, and you just kind of have this collective, uh, like conscience when it comes to exploration. And I think that could be really exciting and, and socially stimulating. Like, like how, how good are the ties when you're actually finding stuff with other people, you know, like that, it just sounds really good and a nice, like simple implementation of like to facilitate that, like you said, just right. put it in the game so that it's there. <laughs> so, so my question then becomes, you know, if you're a game dev, you're a designer, and you, you're hearing this conversation, are you thinking, yes, that's what we want in our game. So let's incentivize it. Let's make, let's give people a, an experience bonus for grouping together and discovering things together in a group. You get 10% more experience if you're grouped with six people or, you know, have a full group when you discover a perception ping. Like, how does that sort of, how does that sort of sound to you? Mm. I off the cuff because this this is something i haven't delved too deep into and really like thought out but i do like inherent incentives to grouping even if they are experience based at least on the surface like i said i have to kind of dig into that more but yeah. i mean in yeah, that in that exact scenario it, it i think that is one great uh incentive as long as it doesn't turn into you know something uh, balanced enough so that you, you're not just like joining a group and no one talks to each other just because you get the XP boost. Um, but, <laughs> right. but, you mean like my my Elder Scrolls Online guild that was like <laughs> crafting Matt's guild? <laughs> yep, yes, exactly. But uh, right. I think mechanical things like, hey, I found this, you know, symbol on this pedestal over here and, oh, my buddy across the zone found a similar icon over there and, you know, the third person over there Hey, let's all interact with these at the same time. Uh, that kind of a thing that, right. that really is mechanically incentive to group with other people. 
Like that's the kind of stuff that I think we could really push into with Pantheon. And uh, I know that's a little outside of LFG <laughs> option. No, no. But you like no, said, incentives. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I think it's, again, it's just, it's common interests and we have, we have means of doing these things outside of the game so easily these days, you know, whether it's a group in Discord, a voice group, and we're all sort of together, but we're just not together in the actual game doing these things. Yeah. So, you know, again, is a looking for, is our groups, our groups a tool or our groups, you know, do they, their own reason for existence is just, they, they don't need a reason to exist. You know, you can have a group finder, you know, there's been jokes, you know, since Pantheon's been in development since the early days, you know, the, the P harmony, right. That the, the finder for <laughs> yeah. people of similar interests, right. Going back to that stuff that Brad really wanted to do and had, a, had talked a lot about and had ideas for matching people by their outside interests, you know, like when you, you know, they're not, now they're not doing this anymore. And at least they haven't talked about it any recent sort of in any recent venue, I guess. But, um, the, the, the idea is the same. The idea is you should enjoy hanging out with other people in the game for the sake of hanging out with other people in the game. It doesn't need to be for, you know, uh, a goal. It doesn't need to be purposeful. Yeah, exactly. Like throwing back to what I was saying in the, the Twitter questions thing, like it, if, if it has to happen outside of the game, like if you have to seek outside of the game for gameplay, uh, you know, I think that I see that as something that developers could have done better. Um, sure. And yeah, and I think I think solution. it's just yes, yeah. It's just it's hard. It's hard to do these kinds of things, right? It's hard to make them, it, put them in a game. And when we when we've gotten so, um, what is the expression? You know, if you give players a chance, they'll optimize the fun out of your game as soon <laughs> as possible. Yes. You know, like totally true. And that's kind of that's kind of where this goes, you know, that's kind of where this discussion leads is like once people realize that, you know, being a group is, if it's a hindrance in any way, or if it, if it, it's a detriment to your progression in the game, it'll get, it'll get phased out immediately by the, by the players. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a massive like digital form of, of natural selection, right? Where the players yeah, will just always right. find the, the, the fastest route, the, you know, whatever. But but this this is just about making the space and and making it clear that it's part of the game, uh, setting the precedent. Yeah, uh, is kind the of, culture. Yeah, yeah, setting the culture for the game. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. And while I'm sure the community will do it outside of game, I I honestly I would expect uh, some part of the game to direct you in this uh, in this way. So, but and a lot of people so. in the thread thought the same thing. Uh, you know, they would love e at least the option in LFG. To, to go for an exploration group or or a role play group or uh, whatever um, so I would say uh, if y'all have your own ideas or or opinions uh, go check out the thread go check out Dikensu's, uh awkwardly titled thread <laughs> <laughs> I gotta look up more about this Matthew Hendon or whatever his name was now I, I like stories of Arctic explorers I'm into that you know it, it looks really cool there was a full Wikipedia on it but I, I it was in, kind of in a hurry, so I just quickly like read the first bit. But I'm sure he's a very interesting person. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, nice. on that note, that's going to be it for this week's community discussion. The Pantheon community is full of cool projects, new people, and things that are just worth sharing. Hmm? What's this over here? <gasps> Look at that. So let's see what we can find in this week's community spotlight. Right, uh, another dry week in anticipation for the coming dev stream, I expect. But, uh, but hey, I'm 
sure this segment will be packed soon enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yep, yep. But uh, our friend and all-around good guy, Redbeard Flynn, did put out another Getting Classy video this uh, last week, and this time covering The Monk, which apparently is Redbeard's fallback class <laughs> because he's, hmm. you know, setting his expectations correctly in the the necromancer, necromancer might not, not be there for him. exactly so good, good <laughs> yeah. on him um and you know but we we always love red beard he's got a nice mix of information and and, yeah. and fun you know so i haven't i haven't watched his his latest video yet i saw it on my on my feed but i haven't watched it yet um but you know it's it's the monk is like the only class where we've seen that spotlight video on and i yeah i think that's it's easy to be hyped about the, the monk because of that and i i look forward to watching that one yeah and, and he even points that out it's like there is actual information you know a recent yeah, information actual information right um, so i can't wait to see more of those um but uh but yeah and uh no new fan fiction or introductions but uh in the absence of uh more community-made content. I did want to use this space to just point out a few like MMO and uh, like gaming article websites that tend to cover Pantheon news whenever it happens. If you know, if you want to check them out and show your interest whenever they post Pantheon related content, because you know, this is good for the uh, game getting coverage. And uh, so we've got, uh, I got like four here. One of them, obviously y'all have heard of, which is MMORPG.com. But uh, there's also uh, MMORPG.gg. There's MMOBomb.com, which I, <laughs> it's the bomb.com. Uh, <laughs> the bomb.com. Uh, and, there's, uh, and then MMOGames.com. And uh, I, I know, <laughs> know that's not much, guys, but hey, if it just means that there's plenty of room for you guys to make some Pantheon-related content. And if mm-hmm. you do, make sure, reach out to me in Discord or elsewhere so I can highlight your hard work and... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of these sites actually I, they they've been much more frequently, um, you know, doing headlines from the latest Pantheon news that the the dev streams are getting more regular attention from them, and and um, Basgrim's been been doing a great job of retweeting and yep. sort of highlighting them and stuff. Um, you know, Massively is not my favorite site in the world, but you know, they are, they are a major MMO site, right? So, yeah. um, they do cover it as too. I know it's not on your list here. I don't know how, if that's because you don't like them either, but I do, <laughs> I, I say I don't like them. I just find that sometimes there's like a bias with their reporting, but that's just my opinion. You know, but, uh, I, I, I actually thought about it, uh, cause if, yeah, same, same reasons as you. Um, I'm sure once Pantheon is, is really, hitting home runs they're not going to be able to avoid it but yeah i feel like the last few things they put out on pantheon have been like ill-informed um so yeah yeah yeah. yeah. anyway a little little headline (laughs) grabby (laughs) anyway i think uh that is gonna be it for this week's community spotlight sit back and relax it's time for the lore you know all right, it has arrived, my friends, the conclusion of the central tale of Terminus, at least for now, as as much as they've shared with us from Visionary Realms. Uh, the Frail Age has seen shadows rise and fall. It's seen races ascend and depart. And the stories within the fray begin and end. This week, we hear about how the shards of the conflict lie in modern-day Terminus. There's many questions that sit before our eyes as the world awaits our entrance to begin to answer some of these riddles. Can a people survive without a connection to their pantheon of deities? What remains of the Jinto and the dichotomy that emerged from their people? 
Will the dragons ever return to Terminus? So sit back, sink into the words and the world of J.N. Gerhardt, lead writer for Pantheon, as I read the final words of The Frail Age. But now I turn to an unfortunate duo, the undefeat of the Revenant and the rise of the Union of Shadow. As for the Revenant, there was no force great enough to exterminate them completely. It would have taken a coalition greater even than six had they stayed united, for truly no nation could wage a war at all, let alone a foreign one. This blow, not fully struck, kept the Revenant forces scattered, but not destroyed, most notably gathered back at Mount Halther and Bakram, though other haunts linger in Kadrahor and others. Perhaps Avendir, with his emerging clout and thriving nation, could have led a series of wars in the following decade, but no such plans were undertaken, though evidence shows they were considered. This peril may come back against us all, though mercifully it has not yet. The Union of Shadow are a different breed of malice entirely, with origins that bizarrely trace back at least to the zealots of Ra, mad followers of the imprisoned dwarven high mortal Ruzik, this methodical group is a powerful plague upon every corner of the globe. Dwelling in hidden fortresses, or vaults, they have darkened the art of Ruzik's imprisonment, which I confess is poorly understood. In some manner, they have held power over dignities, warlords, high priests, and mortals, by what force they wield, this control is gravely unknown. Before any effort against them physically can be taken, they seem to warp the aim of those about to attack. When precious information is on the eve of exchange, the knower suddenly loses their nerve, if not their mind. I shall close this brief recounting of the story of Terminus with the second void of the Deicide War, that of Lament. I have mentioned the celestial boundary and its effects. We have seen it grievously abused by the Ravaging Lord, and mercifully circumvented by the sacrifice of Janavi. There is the account of the Mer goddess Cyrenai saving her people despite the boundary, though at tragic cost, and the persistent possibility that the war wizards were created by the pantheons of each race, which would require such magnificent collusion amongst the gods, I struggled to embrace it. Thus, we find whatever principality set this barrier in place between the immortal and the mortal severely strengthened it once the War of the Gods was over. For where there could be felt a whisper of their divine presence before, the races of Terminus find now it is oft merely a breeze. A vision is often just a dream, a premonition most times, just paranoia. Is that to say there is no spiritual realm among us? Certainly not. But we are creatures of worship, who are being denied like a child denied its parents. What will become of this age of frailty, none can say with true, tested foresight. Will Terminus stay the splintered remains of other worlds as Semina described? Or shall it heal and grow into one vast expanse, as he surely must have hoped? I have read countless predictions, a deplorable enjoyment of mine, heard from a number of oracles the most reliable of whom are insane, and even suffered a soothsayer or two, an abject, unhygienic lot. All stand in need of their parents. Thus, I submit to the reader, in this year of 987 Ithelsbryn Hilgen, we can do precious little but reach for the unseen hand.
And that is The Lore You Know. So again, another episode brings us to the end of episode 92. Uh, Desrin, nice to talk to you, my friend, as always. <laughs> I know I called you the hype killer at the beginning of the episode. And I have to say, you didn't you didn't kill my hype completely. You were a little you're a little feisty today, but but my hype is resilient, and, and I don't think you can kill okay. my hype. So. Okay, well that's good. That's good. I, I'm not not trying to Debbie Downer everyone here, but I I definitely <laughs> want us to remain healthy. <laughs> yes, it's all. healthy perspective. You are you're absolutely right about that. We can always use more healthy perspective on things. <laughs> so I look forward to uh, checking in with you next week. Again, we're going to have a uh, probably a lot more to talk about oh, next yeah. week with the dev stream. Yep. So look forward to breaking that down with you, my friend. Um, and thanks you everyone to, uh, for coming out, hanging out with us today. We really enjoy this. Um, the hour we spend during the premiere ch- chatting with everybody and hanging out. Um, if you like what we, uh, what we have to say and you like the show, just uh, remember to, you can support us in, in a several different ways. If you like the content we've talked about, we, there's always links in the show notes um, on the uh, podcast sites, as well as in the video description on YouTube. And uh, that's uh, always uh, good stuff to look for if you're looking for some time to uh, stay, something to do while you're staying Pantheon patient. So have a great week, everyone, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Pantheon Plus is not affiliated with Visionary Realms. Be sure to check out our Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube channels under the name Pantheon Plus. You can follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter and Desrin at Desrin Does also on Twitter. And you can stay up to date with all things Pantheon at www.pantheon.plus. Until next time, cheers and thanks for listening.